It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rulebook, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Susan Campbell, and this is The Big Rethink. Today's episode is how tech companies are rethinking their recruitment strategies when it comes to hiring top talent. Our guest is Jessica Mitch Holmes, co-founder and CEO of Momentum. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me, Susan. I am very excited to be here. Yeah, this is such a wonderful topic. I'm really excited to just dive right in. How timely um, the with the U.S. job market going through some monumental shifts over the last couple of years. In your experience, what are some of the biggest challenges that companies have hiring? Well, first off... We have had a very turbulent past two years. Anybody listening knows uh, that the world's kind of been flipped upside down and all of the trends, we we all know that the trends have been accelerated when it comes to hiring in the workforce and all of those things. And so one of the largest challenges we see uh, the companies that we work with have is around hiring the right talent with the right skills for the jobs that are required, knowing that Uh, the skills required for today are going to be constantly changing. And how do we have, we we need to ensure that we have a workforce that's prepared to adapt to that ever evolving shift and skills and needs. And so do you work with companies, um, you're talking about skills, right? And that kind of just rang a bell with me. Do you work with them about when they're looking, people always write like a job description, but oftentimes don't focus on the real kind of nuts and bolts skills. Do you help tease that out of the companies you work with? Absolutely. So so say a job description has 10 requirements for somebody to qualify for the role. What we've learned is out of those 10 requirements, oftentimes only one or two are actually really relevant. The rest are just a wish list. They're there to help an HR professional or a recruiter, uh, you know, find the right person or find or whittle down, if you will, people that they're looking for. Um, But they're not necessarily always correlated to, you know, exactly who that hiring manager needs in the role. In fact, they often want to hire somebody that doesn't meet all of the 10 things on the job description, because we want to hire people into stretch positions. We want people to be challenged. We want people to grow into the roles that they're getting hired to. You know, if they meet all 10 of the qualifications, they might actually be overqualified for that role. So what we help, um, what we work with our uh, partners and our hiring partners on is, is actually thinking outside of those bullet points and those job requirements and say, what is the core skill need that you're looking for? Is it tactical or is it something that's more, how can this person learn? Is this person going to be able to problem solve in the job? Is this person going to be able to think outside of the box? And how can you as a hiring manager, think outside of the box for what you're looking for, because we know that we're in this great talent transformation. We have to approach the market differently. We have to find talent um, outside of our typical channels. And so I'm less concerned about the job descriptions and more about what does this company need skill-wise and what are they going to need tomorrow and three years That is just... That is just brilliant. I, uh, I <laughs> I'm in the process of hiring and uh, and kind of stumbling into that realization myself. But I, it's so encouraging to hear you say, just break it down. What is the fundamental skill set, 
and really focus on what that is. And then, um, you know, the stretch objectives, uh, it just makes so much more sense than sort of focusing on the job description. Um, I don't know. I just find that very helpful. Thank you for that. Yeah. And also the, how do they learn? Like, that's amazing. What a, what a, what a, like, how do you tease that out when you're working with customers or your, your customers and, and they're interviewing people? What kind of questions do you um, encourage them to ask to find out how people learn? Yeah. So momentum is first and foremost, we're a training company and we serve, we actually have two clients or two customers, if you will, one as uh, our, our primary customer is an organization that's looking to hire technology talent. And that can be an array of technology talent, but mostly software engineers, software developers. And that's our core client. We are meeting that need. And we do that by sourcing people that are already in the jo- existing job market that are career changers or looking for career changes. And we give them the requisite skills needed to fit into that job. So if we look at, okay, what skill, like to your point, what skills are needed or how do we help companies think about who that person is in the role? What we see is career changers, people that have some sort of previous experience enough to know that they want to do something specific. Like they, they know enough to know what direction they want to go into in the future. And the key factor, if somebody is going to be successful in a job is are they interested in it? And so thinking outside of this like linear path that we tend to have historically thought in, well, well, you know, at 18 years old, did you know exactly what you wanted to do? The honest answer is most of us didn't, <laughs> don't, you know? And um, so thinking instead of who has enough experience to have found themselves on the path that they really want to go towards uh, in, in the short term or long term, and why? And what is their motivation? And so the folks that we tend to work with are usually hitting some sort of pivotal moment in their life, whether it is a recent marriage, or they just had a kid, or maybe they got divorced, or maybe they were laid off. Something has happened where they're in that shifting point, where they're evaluating everything. And they are making those wiser decisions of where do I really want to go? and Why do I want to be there? And if they have that hunger and motivation and the interest in this craft or skill they're going into, they make fantastic team members and fantastic employees. Very interesting. This is such a great perspective. It's it's just, to me, it's so refreshing and so different from kind of the old school of thought. I guess I'm in the old, I've been in the old school a little too long. I got to, <laughs> I got to get with the times here, but I, um, it, it's very, um, very fascinating. And I like the the idea that people who are going through some shift are then sh- shifting focus in uh, multiple aspects of their life as a as an indicator to to um, as you're interviewing people to think about how they might then apply themselves to the job. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you another question. <laughs> so you work with a lot of tech companies. We love tech uh, to help them train and recruit new workers. Are there challenges that tech companies in particular are facing when it comes to finding new talent? Oh my goodness. Uh, yes, they're, they are at a shortage of people that have the skill set that they need. 
Um, and, and we see this, ha- you know, we, we work with tech company and, you know, every company at this stage is, is kind of a tech company. I, mean, every, <laughs> I was just going to say, maybe, to- <laughs> yeah, maybe we need to define a little bit what type of tech, but... Yeah, we work with all sorts of companies that hire software engineering talent, everything from or every type of industry from, you know, uh, the traditional software as a service companies that are true, you know, quote unquote, tech products, all the way to insurance companies, life sciences companies, uh, you know, auto manufacturers that run uh, their entire supply chain on their own proprietary software. All of those type of industries are hiring for technology. And so I think when you look at across the board, you know, what our economy needs and what every company needs. It, it, everybody does need some sort of technical skill set on their team. And I, I actually have a couple stats for you. Um, according to a recent CN, CNBC um, uh, article, there is a developer shortage will be, there's, they're looking at almost a, a million uh, vacancies and IT jobs in the United States this year alone. This year, um, 2022, this year a million. Yes. yes. Holy smokes. And according to the U.S. Department of Labor, between 2020 and, tw- and 2030, we're looking at uh, in the U.S., there's a projected rise of a 22% year-over-year need in IT and software engineering talent, um, which to compare that to any other industry, there's usually a 4% national average growth rate on occupations. But in technology, it's 22%. Holy so just smoke. to show that, and, and that's the DOL saying this, you know, that's yeah. so, um, so to, quite frankly, there's just not enough people with the right skill set aligned to the needs of the market. And so that, that the skill set alignment is you think what's creating that gap, or is it more tech jobs are being created or less people are interested in them? I, I believe it's really just a, a product of so much has changed rapidly in, in the industry and the way that tech has been able to make efficiencies happen across the board. And there's just, you know, if you think about it, so again, Momentum works with career changers. We're working with people usually between the ages of 28 and 45. Like that's the core demographic of the career changers that we're serving when we reskill somebody for a job in the tech industry. And still within that range, that age range of the existing workforce, Many of them didn't even consider computer science when they were in college, if they went to college, right? So if you think about that alone, you know, look at, you know, put to put some perspective on this, you look at Facebook and Google and all of these companies, and you're looking at the past, it's less than 20 years that our world has really, really accelerated and shifted. And right. you know, the iPhone, uh, I can't actually remember the date of the when the first iPhone came out, but I think it was within the past 10 or 12 years. So it's just that the skill set of the workforce, if you think about when people come out of college with an initial set of skills and they start getting their careers started, there's, you know, people were not coming out ready for these jobs because right. these jobs have happened so quickly. So it's just an, a question of acceleration um, and making sure people have the right skill set, which is why providing the existing workforce with the skills and a framework for that, that's not uh, just a four-year university system is going to be so critical to help us fill those those needs. Right, right. Yeah, f- four years of college is a great foundation but as technology is changing quickly and evolving so fast that you have to have some kind of ongoing 
um, support or, or skilling that will help you post-graduation, right? right. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're looking at talking to people, you were saying 28 to 48, if you're on that higher end of that range, the technology that is happening today did not exist when you were you were yeah. getting a degree, even if you were in the computer science business, right? Or, you, or field. You likely didn't have a personal computer when you were going through, um, you know, going through school. I, um, my husband and I are, are seven years apart in age and he, I had a laptop when I went to school uh-huh. and he had a computer lab, you know, and they had desktop computers oh, and yeah. it wasn't something, you know, they wrote their uh-huh. papers, like they handwrite their papers and that's, oh, that's yeah. not a very big gate, uh, you know, age range <laughs> difference. Right. Right. Well, I, I'm on the higher end of your age range. And, uh, when I went to school, I was the first class freshman class incoming to get a personal computer with, uh, tuition. And it wow. was a dual floppy drive yes. <laughs> computer that, you know, predates all the software that we use today. And it was, it was nightmarish, but at the time it was like cutting edge, you know, crazy. Um, yeah. and I think that I always say I, that credits me with my love of tech. It was kind of at first I hated it and then I just couldn't live without it. So, um, yep. it, it is interesting how, um, how technology just kind of changes our perspective on things. So getting back to the topic, sorry. <laughs> what are what are some tips or some advice you would give tech companies who are looking to hire top talent? Like how, how do you attract them? How do you well, find them or attract them? Yeah. So um, what we have seen and, and my background before starting Momentum is in talent acquisition and in tech uh, and every company's kind of competing in the same talent pool currently. And what we want to think about is how do you, you think strategically and get outside of that, uh, the same talent pool that everybody's going for and everybody's recruiting for. And, and we hear from our developers that have been in the workforce for three plus years, you know, they are all getting active recruiter, or, you know, they're actively getting recruited. They have multiple companies reaching out to them on a daily basis. And, and that is true of pretty, you know, anybody that has a software engineering qualification on their resume uh, that are out there on LinkedIn, they're actively getting recruited because we talked about the talent shortage. So what uh, we challenge companies to do is, okay, take a step outside of what everybody's doing, the rat race that everybody's in. We know that salaries in tech have gotten so competitive that, I mean, they're, they're keeping up with inflation, if not outpacing inflation. So take a step back and think outside of that recruitment pool and that way of thinking and build your own teams. We know that you can grow this skill set within the existing workforce. And so that's what we help companies do is we say, okay, tell us, you know, in Q3 of this year that you're going to need 20 new associate software engineers and you're you have the forward thinking mindset that you want to have people that stick with your organization long enough to progress through the organization, which is another thing that tech companies have a challenge with is retention. Right. Um, So let's build a team for you and, and think about people that have a lot of skill sets that can be brought to your product. So for example, we worked with um, a company that does legal software and we're like, you know, there are plenty of paralegals, there are plenty of like attorneys, there are plenty of people out there that know your customer, right. but that not, don't know the, you know, the tech that would be thrilled to have the opportunity 
to contribute in a different way to their industry. You know, it's funny. I was going to ask you about that when you were saying about think outside your pool. Like, would you, you know, if you're working with an insurance company that's looking for tech, would you go to insurance, but non-technical um, people so they have experience in the industry and, the, and a proclivity or an interest in technology to reskill them. So it sounds like that is sort of what you're advocating. Absolutely. Yeah. We actually worked with an insurance company uh, several years ago who their business case was, let's take people out of our customer um, service team, which for insur- insurance is a highly regulated industry, as we all know. Um, and to get somebody on on the phone for customer service in their industry, it took something like 18 months of training hmm. to get that person onboarded, have enough training experience that they can on their own talk to the customers that are calling in with you know help. Um, and then because customer service is a really challenging job, those people would typically stay within that role for 24 months. So you've got 18 months of training. You get somebody for on average 24 months. It's a hard job. So um, how do you take those people internally at the company? And not everybody's going to want to be a software engineer or have the willingness or the aptitude to to go after it. But some of them are going to want to do that. And those people have a different level of experience with your customer than the folks on your IT team already. So go ahead and internally upskill people and train train people. And I really do believe that companies that are thinking about investing and building the talent that they need are going to be much more effective in the long term. It makes so much sense. It it really does. Um, It it may be even a a good solution to my next question. (laughs) So, you know, we all hear the term, the great resignation, right? So where many people have changed their career paths in the past few years, so can you share a story or an example of a non-traditional tech hire that you've worked with or someone who successfully made the leap from a different career to the tech industry, what that, you know, what that path looked like or how that success story ended? Oh, my goodness. I would love to. We've got so many of them. Um, I was just bragging, actually, this morning. Um, we have a woman that worked in the criminal justice system, and she had a degree and I think like forensics or something like this. And she, she, um, her actual tactical role was when folks came into jail, she was fingerprinting them and taking the initial forensics and height and all this kind of stuff, which as you can imagine, um, is a hard job, right? Sure. And sure. She had just kind of enough of it <laughs> at some point where she was like, you know, this is not the kind of interaction I want. I'm still really interested, though, in you know the criminal just, justice aspect of my job. And she came through our program, and she ended up in cybersecurity for a big insurance company. So she's still oh, wow. scratching that itch of you know wanting to get down and, and be investigative and you know go after people that are trying to do um, ill in the world. But she's doing it now in a capacity where she's taking her skills as a software engineer. Uh, and applying them into the cybersecurity space and, and you know, blocking folks That's from her company. So what, yeah, what kind of a, what timeline, what does that look like from a timing perspective? So from the time she said, you know, I've had enough of the fingerprints to yes. um, landing, <laughs> landing that job. Uh, are we talking a year, a year and a half, half a year? Like what, what? Typically about six months. So, okay. um, 
We, uh, I'll, I'll give you another example of a gentleman who came through who was a chef and a, um, a cake decorator, which is a very skilled art, as you might know. Oh, yeah. Um, which, uh, and he came through our program. So our program is four months long. And so we'll cha- train career changers. It's four months full time. Uh, we, we also have a part time format that we run on occasion. That's a six month program uh, for people that, you know, can't quit or, or be out of their full time day job. Um, but most of people that come through our program, they're coming through for four months, dedicated training, Monday through Friday with additional homework. It's, it's a grueling, rigorous training. Um, and then after that four months, if they're sponsored by an employee, they're typically starting with it or an employer, they're t- starting within one to two weeks after graduating. So that transitions pretty, you know, from the time that they're interviewing with us, right. which is about a month before their class starts, uh, going through the program and then getting that job, you're looking at about four and a half months. Um, this cake decorator I mentioned, um, came through the program and he got a job working for an e-commerce company. Uh, that actually does toy rentals. So they're part of the, you know, end to end economy. Um, really, really cool. Another person that you should have on the podcast is their founder, a woman named Rachel Classy. Um, and, and he's now running their e-commerce website. And if you think about the skill set that he had before, he has an artistic background, uh, you know, very curious kind of person, had to be entrepreneurial to do what he did before. And, and within five months, he's... Um, you know, working for a, a really creative company and contributing to their marketing and, and web and all the things that are take. That um, is fabulous. Know, hard. Yeah. I bet so, he's very popular at the office too, because if he brings in baked goods. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes he, he's going to win the baked, the, the baked goods. Yeah. Contest. It's always important to have somebody at the office that likes to bake. So, um, we have somebody at, at, at our, on our team who likes to bake and, and when she puts her cookies out, Mary just sends an email cookies and people come running. That's, <laughs> That's so <awesome>. funny. <laughs> yeah. Career so, changers, people with that skill set, you, you know, everybody wants I'm going to start to look for baking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on resumes. Um, so what advice, uh, would you give someone who's looking to make that career change? Right. So, and possibly go into the tech industry. What, what, what would advice like, um, if if maybe they haven't had, like you said earlier, that life changing moment or something else that's helped them, uh, do the evaluation and say, now's the time. Like, how do you, what would you give them to get that ignition started? I, the advice I give anybody making the consideration to switch careers or to come into tech is, is just to, to do enough research that you know that this is something that you want to do. Because it is not going to be easy to make a career change. In fact, we, we have this term at Momentum called the, the curse of the competent. Whereas usually somebody who's making a career change has some sort of competency and something else that they've done in the past. You know, if you've got the kind of competence to learn a new mm-hmm. skill, you've probably exceeded in a skill already. Uh, and so you you have to want to run against the wall again to learn something new and go through the tedious process of learning something new and then go have that experience of being a beginner again. Right, which is to a be really, comfortable. Really challenge. Yeah, be yeah, comfortable with yeah. being uncomfortable, right? Yeah, that's a really and, good point. Exactly. And and that um, what we see are the folks that we support are career changers. That that mental hurdle is sometimes the most challenging aspect of making a shift well beyond um, you know, the actual learning a tactical new skill. 
So um, what I recommend to anybody is you have to be very clear and you have to know enough that this is what you want to do. And then you can succeed. So interview, take people out to coffee or interview people that have the job already. Be very clear. We, we host, um, we actually host a, a day in the life event about every other month. It's a free uh, uh, event on Zoom. We have one tomorrow. Um, so see what people are doing in the career uh, and then tinker enough. There's so many free ways to access learning to code online that we put point people to um, and that, you know, just to give yourself enough of a sense, okay, okay, I had fun doing that. I can see myself in this role. As long as you got that end goal, I think you can make it through the frustrations of that change. I love it. Wow. This is so, so interesting. I really enjoyed our conversation. Anything I didn't ask you that, uh, or just a last comment that you think is, is a good for closing? Yeah. Something? What, what, a, um, I think that you mentioned, um, Susan, that, you know, uh, folk, or we talked about how folks usually are coming across a pivotal moment in their career. And this is the great rethink podcast. And, um, you know, the past two years, I think I've challenged everybody to rethink. And Absolutely. so you are in that position of, I want to rethink what I'm doing. Um, what I'll say is the stats that we have from momentum are folks that come into this career and are able to make a change are usually getting on average a 55% increase in their salary. Um, they're wait, usually with 55, 55%. Yes. Five, 5% on average. Uh, so the folks that are coming to momentum to seek a job change, we're training and we're getting into the industry. Their first offer is 55% higher than the job that they were doing before from a salary wow. perspective. And then the kicker to this is they're able to progress through an industry that, as we talked about, is in high demand. We see an additional 46% increase on their salaries their first two years in the industry. Um, so it is, a, it is a great time to think about the opportunity that's out there. And whenever there's this much of a need, you know, like the, what we mentioned with the DOL is saying, you know, there's a 22% every year increase in these salaries. Right. When you see that kind of need, run, you know, run towards <laughs> it um, because, because you will have great economic opportunity and it's a very creative field. That is fabulous. Well, that is a great point to end on. I think we'll leave it right there. It's a fabulous field. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. This is a lot of fun. Before we sign off, if you enjoyed today's podcast, you can help us grow by visiting our feed on iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe. Or if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to hit follow. That's it for us. I'm Susan Campbell, and that was another episode of The Big Rethink.